You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome to our wonderful after show. I'm so excited that I'm losing my headband. What? Welcome to Preachers of LA, season two, episode two. Truth be told. Of course, this song, The Truthettes, we're singing. Of course. And it was, what, Dietrich and his family? Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that soon. I'm your host, Megan Thomas. And today, Corinne Lem. And Tiffany are um, at church praying. That's why they're not here. Actually, they're out of town, but I'll just like the other one where they're in church. So instead, we have someone special. And if you watch After Buzz TV, you've probably seen this guy before. His name is Bam Erickson. Yes. Thank you for having me. And uh, Tremaine Hawkins would, she probably just rolling over right now in her sleep. No. Embarrassed that you singing her song I like sang that. I sang that with my full Holy Spiritness. That so. wasn't a spirit. I, I, it, that was, wasn't, it, it was. It was good. a spirit, but it wasn't holy. It was coming from a good place. You always gotta just. I rebuke thee. So this week we see that a lot's going on, um, and I feel like this show is getting amazing and getting better and better. Bam! So I'm so glad you're here to join us. Well, thank you. But let's get into it. Let's talk about Dietrich. So Dietrich is with his family. There's, I thought it was hilarious that him, his mom, Mama Faye, and also Dominique are like they got a little group. Mm-hmm. They actually don't sound bad at all. And you had um, you had the soprano, you had the alto. They were right. Yeah. Their but harmony what, was on point. What was so funny was was Dietrich was singing soprano because <laughs> Tremaine's a soprano. He's singing the soprano note and full voice uh, and and the, the same key that Tremaine sings it. Right. While the women are singing the spread out to a tenor, backing them up. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> Mama Faye, was Mama Faye the tenor? I think she was. She was the tenor. Uh, soprano, alto, tenor. So yeah. whoever was on the right yeah, side. Mama yeah, Mama Faye. That's who it was. Mm-hmm. But that was so funny. They did amazingly well. And I love how that Mama Faye and Mama Joyce are now cool. They're hanging out. They're mm-hmm. watching the babies. And they're at the park. Um, but this is where we see that finally, you know, last week we were talking about how Dominique went ahead and just told Lady Lavette that she wanted her to be the godmom of their new baby without telling Dietrich. Mm-hmm. So now we see that she's telling Dietrich, oh, by the way, uh, I offered for Lady Lavette to be our godmother. I told her it was okay. She's like, I felt that in my spirit. Do you think she should have told her or she should have discussed it with her husband first? Or do you think she's right when she said, I got a, connect, a, a direct connection to God and I feel like God told me just to go ahead and make her the godmom? Well, um... She may have had the connection and she may have been led by the spirit to to offer that to her. But sometimes because you may be offered doesn't mean that you have to express what's been offered because, you know, sometimes you can be given some information. Right. And it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to reveal it right right then and there, especially when it has to do with um, um, with Dietrich as well. So it's okay that she was led to that, but she should have waited and got the okay from her husband. Then, once he approved or they agreed, then go and tell her because right. you know. But well, it all but it all worked out because Dietrich right. was was fine with it anyway. Which is good, yeah. and especially because you know the Gibsons don't have any babies, so it's mm. good that they got little Denver to love on now. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, we see that Dominique is talking about the sip and see and all the stuff that happened, and that Christy. I, I like the title, the sip and see. You never heard that before. Uh uh-uh. uh Really? Yeah. Because I'm like Real Housewives of Atlanta. I don't watch that. Oh, that's true. Well, anyway, so she was discussing what happened and how Christy Hayslip did not come. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's some issues with their husbands. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I found very interesting is that I love how 
Mama Faye be checking Dietrich because she did say this about Dietrich when he was talking about how he felt like, you know, the Hayseps are judging us because of our out of wedlock children. And Mama Faye did say something to him and she said, well, you are combative. So you you need to be you if you felt like Jay Hayslip was coming at you sideways, you should have basically came at him a different way. You mm-hmm. should have came at him a good way. And I'm glad he has those checks around him because at the time when he's telling Dominique, look, they all against us, they judging us and stuff. Of course, this is why she's kind of like, yeah, okay. But I love how Mama Faye was like, no, when you're wrong, you're wrong. You're wrong too. They're wrong, but you're wrong. What do you think? I don't think that. Um, I don't think that. Um, I don't think that Jay and Christy are wrong. Okay. I feel that Dietrich is wrong in the entire situation. I I can agree with you. Yes. Yeah. So do I need to explain? Yeah. Uh, because when someone believes, um, like, for, I'll just use myself as an example. Um, your spiritual background. If I was coming to LA and I was coming to stay with you, and I brought my girlfriend. And I didn't let you know that I was bringing my girlfriend and that we're going to stay over your house and that we're going to sleep in the same bed. Like there's just like me being me, me knowing who you are and what you represent. If I just showed up at your door and be like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend's with me and then we're going to stay over. You may not like the fact that I'm going to bring my girlfriend. I'm going to sleep over. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I know what you believe. And I believe that Dietrich knows what Jay and his wife believe. And you have to respect what they believe. But the fact that, you know, you're literally about to get married. You have no preacher. And your goal is to, you know, get married and not stress out your pregnant wife. So you do what you have to do to, you know, to get married. Right. So I understand where Dietrich was coming from. But he was still wrong because he was not thinking about Jay's moral beliefs. Right. So he was wrong in that sense, and I feel that he should have just said that, but he wanted to play the victim, and that's where I have a problem uh, with, with Dietrich so far this uh, this season. I, I agree with you 100%, and I do think that, you know, what preacher in his right mind would not marry a man who said, hey, I got this woman pregnant, mm-hmm. and we're about to get married in five minutes, can you marry us? Oh, by the way, like, you know, we're going to have a kid. Uh, what preacher would say no to that? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I have a problem with Dietrich, because he feels like, like I guess he, if, if, if Jay Hayslip was really judging him, he would not have married them. Yeah. That's judgment. He only asked to know what was going on, and he rightfully had the, the, the right to do that. Because when you marry somebody, that is a very big undertaking. That's not something you should take lightly. And, and in most situations, pastors, before, before they uh, will agree to marry a couple, you have to go to counseling. There's, right. so many, there's so many steps and formulas that you have to go through before they are uh, allowed to do that. And so the fact that he just, with no hesitation, said, sure, I'll marry you. With not knowing anything, or and not you know not knowing all the information, I feel like Jay you know had his back, and so the common courtesy thing he could have done is said right. something, and definitely don't wait till two months after the baby's born to. Right. Oh, and and Jay said that the reason that he found out was watching the show, and that's messed up. Yeah, that's messed up. he should have told him. He should have said, "Please don't say anything. We haven't told our family yet." Mm-hmm. In confidence, and and. I'm pretty sure Jay would have would have honored that and would have said, I'm not going to say anything, but thank you for telling me mm-hmm. and thank you for making it right. <laughs> and then another another uh, a problem that I have with Dietrich is when Jay confronted him about the situation, he didn't wait to con- he didn't confront him while he was in the room with all the with all the other uh, right. pastors. He pulled him to the side. Which he tried correct. to he had he tried to have a, a, a just a normal man to man, you know, one on one conversation. And then Dietrich starts throwing, in church we call them throwing rocks and hiding your hands. Right. So he's throwing all these rocks. Well, you can't judge me. You can't judge me. You well, had sex. You Did know, you have sex with your wife before you got me? Like that to me yeah, was yeah. so That rude. was out of pocket. And Jay said, I wasn't even saved back then. So like it doesn't, he's wrong. He's wrong. He is wrong. And I will say this just about judgment. You know, I was looking in the Bible because a lot of times this is something that we see going on throughout this entire, you know, um, episode. Mm -hmm. Loretta feels like she's judged. Bishop Noel Jones feels like he's judged. And I think the one thing that we have to understand when it comes to the Bible, like what they're speaking of, when you're speaking to somebody who also believes or supposedly believes what you believe, mm-hmm. it is you are you are supposed to go to them, pull them to the side and speak to them about what is incorrect. Mm-hmm. And we're so politically correct in this society that we feel like, well, you know, like like Dietrich says, you know, <clears throat> just stop judging me and just love on me. Basically, I can't love on you if I don't first correct you. I would, God will come and get me if I don't correct you first. 
I still have to love you and I still have to tell you in a loving way. But it is if we believe the same exact thing, we both profess to believe the same thing. I have a duty to pull you to the side and say, hey, look here, brother. Got to tell you, you're not right. And that's exactly what Jay tried to do. And and he uh, and Dietrich wanted to go on the whole defensive route about don't judge me, don't judge me. I get where he's where he's coming from because he feels like the the black sheep. Right. But as his as his um his mom in law said, you know, you need to learn to take responsibility. And Dietrich's a little hardhead. Right. And he didn't want to do that. So I do agree with him. I'm glad, you know, Jay said something to him. But sorry, Dietrich, you're wrong, boo. You need to face the facts. Just, you know, just say, you know what, you're right. I should have told you. Sorry, didn't tell you. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all it is. It's really all it's going to take. All right. So moving right along, um, I I love the hay slips. I think they're my favorite couple. I will say that so far. Who's your favorite couple? I don't have one yet. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't have one yet. Okay. But, uh, well, yeah, I'm, I don't want to. Okay, so we see that Christy goes and hangs with uh, Loretta um, at JJ's Beach Show, which, by the way, I am going to go back soon. I went there last season just to kind of check it out. Food's good. Okay. Food's good. So they're hanging out at JJ's Bistro. And, of course, these are the two women, I guess, here dealing with some type of judgment because now, you know, Christy expresses she didn't go to the sip and see because there's some issues with Jay and Dietrich. And she's in a way feels judged because of what Dietrich said to her husband. And this is the first time I've ever seen Christy get defensive. Mm-hmm. Like Chris, Chris, she's always sweet and pristine and, you know, just a Southern belle. And I feel like she showed her claws a little bit. She doesn't like anybody messing with her man, honey. You feel the same way? That scene for me, this is where it lost me a little bit because there's too much side conversations of people reporting back for what they heard at events. Right. <laughs> and now it's becoming... Gossipy? It's becoming very gossipy. Okay. And I felt like this was the focus versus, say, Justin. Uh, the I, I guess, yeah. can we call him crackhead? No, I think it's a heroin. A heroin. Okay, the, the drug the addict. Drug addict yeah. You know, that was the, the backstory. I felt like the past two episodes, it's really been... This back and forth. Right. And not only are the girls involved, the men are involved. Right. And so it's becoming a bit gossipy for me. And that turned me off that there's so many side conversations about it. So, but looking at it, you know, I thought it was juicy. I thought it was, you know, entertaining because now you see alliances being formed. Right. Yeah. And who would have thought Christy and Loretta mm-hmm. on the same team? But now that's what it seems to be like. So also we see that um, this episode, I feel like Jay is like Jesus. He really does represent Jesus, I will say that. For him to be going out into the streets is exactly what we have to do. And I feel like that's the epitome of ministry. This man literally goes and meets with his member. And they go walking the streets looking for this one homeless guy. One lost soul. Justin. And, of course, we see Justin. He's on the ground. He's knocked out. And I, I did agree with what Jay said, which is it was so sad to see all these people walking past. But how many times does that happen in all on the, the streets of L.A. when you just walk past somebody laying that's homeless or anywhere out there? Like, how many times? Honestly, think about it. How many times have you just walked past a homeless person laying there and didn't stop? I've done it. I've, I've done it several times. But uh, I was in downtown earlier today, and... I just, but the hour that we were there, I saw many um, varieties of homeless people, people on drugs. Um, Justin's, you know, he was asleep. Right. He was passed out. Um, you don't know what these people are on. You don't know what they're going to do. Um, a lady actually <laughs> chased us. <laughs> um, she chased us for uh, for a block and a uh, for a block and a half, you know, asking us for change, and she was like so close into my our our, our our space that, you know, every situation is different. So I mean, he was asleep. What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed no, to? No, but I, but I'm saying, know? but it says something very. It says something when you have a society of people who just walk past, and nobody ever stops. It makes me think about the whole Samaritan, the Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Um, parable about how you had a priest that walked over the man you Mm -hmm. had somebody else walk over the man and then somebody who would have never helped this man Mm -hmm. helped him and it was on a sabbath day and you know like to me it just goes to show 
this has been going on. There's been homeless people since the beginning of time. Yeah. And it's so... Lazarus and the poor man. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's so easy for us every day just to walk past somebody because they might attack us or they might do something to us. But more importantly, what could we do for them? We might help them find God. (laughs) And that's exactly what's going on here with Justin. You know, they see him laying there. Justin could have woken up and been violent and done whatever, but they were willing to push that fear aside and go, you know what? This man really needs help. So yes, I could be scared of him. However, I want to help him more than anything. I want, I want him to have and live the best life that he could possibly live. I do have to admit, I do wonder how much of this was for camera. I agreed. I will say that because I've and I'm. I guess I'm potentially judging books by cover, but I've seen when when cameras invade people's space who are in who are not in the who are not in the right frame of mind they go off and they go pretty ballistic you remember um remember uh maya campbell when she was when she back when she had a moment and the camera was on her like she went ballistic and they filmed the whole entire thing and she was just like like i'm i hate to be judgmental but i wonder the authentic the um the authentic the um Authenticity. Uh, yes, I, I wonder that with uh, with the storyline. I, you know what? I will say just because I don't think they would have faked this. I don't think they would have faked this. And the reason I also say that is because if you notice when they are in his when they're in Justin's face, mm-hmm. I wish and that's another thing. I wish they would have said how long they were searching mm-hmm. because I have a feeling it was way longer than what we obviously saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish he would have said after two hours of searching, we finally came upon Justin. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have said something like that or whatever. Yeah. But one of the things I noticed is when they, the camera work on Justin, when he finally sat up was like, so not focused. So it really was somebody walking on the streets with a camera and the camera quality was not that great, which lets me know they weren't walking around with like studio quality cameras. They literally was, they were walking around like, mm-hmm. we're going to find Justin. We may find him today. We may not, but we're going to go find him. When and they, the cameras are going to follow us as we follow. When they we were when they were in the restaurant, I'm just going to leave it at that because it's going to come. I may come off a certain way. There's just certain things that I have to question, like when they were in the restaurant, and you know, from sleeping to waking up, and then all of a sudden, I don't want to do this anymore. This, I don't know. I don't know. He just seems really like he was on drugs that day. I don't think that. And, and of course, I don't know if they, they, I don't think they knew what they were going to get from this situation. If he could have been belligerent, like, stop filming me. He, he could have done all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think they really were just like, let's just let the cameras roll and see what happens. Let's mm-hmm. see if this is something that's going to change his life, see if he wants to change. I don't think that Jay was inauthentic. I do believe Pastor Hayslip really wants to help this man. And I do believe this man really does have a problem. And I do believe this man probably is homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, now the fact that they are showing it on TV, I don't mm-hmm. know if, I mean, I think that could be a question of, is it exploitation mm-hmm. or is it really showing somebody trying to help someone else? Um, one other thing about this situation is once he said that he wanted to, once Justin said that he wanted to get help, Jay said that, you know, we're going to help you come. We're going to help you through all of this. Um, as long as you promise to come to church tomorrow. Um, I felt that it was a little too much, um, to, to try to go the whole church religious route first. You know, he's on drugs. He's not in this right frame of mind. I feel just getting him help and your actions and what you do can eventually lead him to Christ versus saying, I'm going to help you. But if you come to church, like I feel when you're in that state of mind, you have to take baby steps. Right. And, you know, stuff like that could potentially just make him, you know, go the other way because you now wonder what his intentions are. Are you just trying to get me to go to church? Are you really trying to help me? So right. I felt that that could have been done a little bit differently. But, you know, it worked out. Right. And and also, and, and the other thing I will say, I'm glad he said, are you hungry? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus never helped nobody without feeding them first. Let's just be real. He always <laughs> fed people before he gave them a word. You don't get nobody no word. And that's another thing for all these super churchy Christian people. Don't be trying to get nobody no word and they out here hungry or they're, they're needing something. You meet the need first. Mm-hmm. 
and then help them. You know what I mean? Like, then give them a word if you really feel like that's what God put on your heart. I just, it, it pains me every time when I see people always trying to, you know, somebody's broke or somebody needs money or somebody needs help. And you're always talking about, oh, God's going to help you. Well, if you have the means to help in any way, like, you should do that. And you should also give them a word. But you need to help them first. Yeah. Like, meet their physical need first. So, anyway, I agree with that. Give them, feed them first. But, um... It's it's the other thing I really like about Pastor Jay is that he he spoke into this man's life. And if you notice, like as he was speaking to Justin about, you know, you're going to be off these drugs, you're going to get a good job, you're mm-hmm. going to have a family like his face like lit up when he said that mm-hmm. he likes he it's kind of like he came out of that that drug fog that he was in for a moment. He was like, yes, I want that. I want it. But sometimes when you're so far deep down in a hole, you don't know how to get back out of it. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what it was. He was so far in this pit. His mom died from cancer and he didn't know how to get out of it. So he turned to drugs and now he's homeless. No. And so how easy is it for every day for us to just speak encouraging words to people? It's so easy. And that's why, and that's when I, when I saw this, I was like, see, that's all it, all that we're supposed to be doing. And just, I don't, and not only that, but he was willing to put him up in a hotel so that he could sleep. Right. And yeah. shower and like, just, you know, again, you meet people's basic needs. Yeah. I love that. That's good. And so, of course, we see Justin does make it to church, which I was like, and they made it so dramatic. I, was, yeah. I felt like he probably was already there. Yeah. And see, and, <laughs> and that's another reason why I have to question certain things because, you know, when he walks into the the church before entering the sanctuary, there are camera crew, you know, there the people know that he's there. Right. Before he enters the church. So I wonder it's like, okay, do they have him sitting waiting? And then okay, now you go in and now he's drinking. So I'm just a TV person, so I have to always question those kind of things. But um you know I think he I think they probably were like, Okay, we'll go pick you up from the hotel. We're gonna bring you here, but we're not gonna tell Pastor Jay if you're here and I, I don't know if he knew. Yeah. I was like we'll just and then we'll I strategically don't, let him walk in, in the front right when we need him to. I like, don't think Pastor Jay knew because he was so distracted while he was preaching. Like he's literally preaching the word, looking to the left, preaching the word, looking like he was obviously like the whole entire time that he was that he was ministering preaching his mind was on, oh, my God, is he going to show? Is he not going to show? Right. But I thought he I thought he did a great job as far as being able to still, you know, take care of his uh, his his flock. Right. While, you know, anticipating if Justin was going to show or not. Right. And then, then you see just how how deep Justin is because he's there drinking. He's in church <laughs> drinking some drink. Now, we don't know for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, who's to say that that it was? It could have been like some. It looks like green. It looked like green tea. It could have been green tea. Yeah. Or it could have been that drink. Yeah. Of whatever. It could have been a spirit. Mm-hmm. A distilled spirit. Sure not the Holy been, Spirit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been drinking that distilled. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But either way, like, if he was drinking a distilled spirit, that would, that just goes to show you how deep and dark of a place that he's in. And if you want to go the spiritual route, like, that's, that is possession. Because think about it. The most, sometimes people will say that, uh, that, especially when you have addictions, Mm -hmm. it's like something possesses you. And so if you go that route and if if you want to talk about the spiritual side of things, that's, that is like what more of a spit in God's face than to have a man come in there drunk and high. But again, that's, that's the, the demonic spirits way of spitting in God's face. But also the, the, He's not in his right mind, so right. he's not thinking about church. He's just like, okay, um, I have plans tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone invited him to attend somewhere. It's better than being on the street. It's better, so he's going to show up. He's not even thinking about God or religion. He's right. thinking about. He's thinking about. Oh, somebody <laughs> is actually you know looking right. out but for me. But that's the physical attention. aspect. Yeah. I'm talking about the spiritual aspect, is which in these. Which is what these men are supposed to be representing Mm -hmm. is the spiritual side of things in life, not just the physical aspect. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say when you take it that route, I just was like, okay, Justin really is on that stuff. He in church, he could be drinking green tea or he could be drinking some drink, drink. But the way he passes out and the way he's laid out, you know, obviously it's probably part of what maybe what he was drinking was part of that. Um, No, say what you're going to say. Say what does, you're gonna say. Does someone who's on drugs all the time just pass out? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. That could be the reason he passed. I don't know why he passed out. We don't know that. 
All we know is that at the end of the church service, they was laying hands on him, they was praying over him, and a man had passed out, and they called the paramedics. He could be going through withdrawal, because okay. that's another reason that people will, you know. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't he know. passed out twice. But I'm just hoping, you know, but more importantly, I am just hoping, like in, in real seriousness and all seriousness, I am hoping and praying that Justin is okay and he's able to shake that that dark monkey off his back because to be honest with you, addiction is no, is, is not a laughing matter, especially when you're addicted to heroin. Mm-hmm. That's highly addictive and it's very hard to get off of. He's on methadone. He, again, like just like pastor Jay says, he, he, he was, pastor Jay was an addict for years. Mm-hmm. So he can attest to this. It's really hard to get off these drugs, especially, you know, when you're in that deep, dark of a place, you have nothing. You feel like you have nothing and I'm, you will die if nobody helps you because you can't even see your own way out. I'm hoping on their reunion special that we'll see him and yes. that he's better. I hope so. I hope yeah. and pray so. Prayers for Justin so that he can get better. Okay, so then that leads us to the rumble in the jungle. I have so much to say about this. So make sure you go to iTunes, follow us, and subscribe to our um, our podcast on iTunes. It's really easy. Just search for After Buzz TV. And you can see everything you need to know about Preachers of L.A. Make sure you give us five stars. Tell your friend's friend to follow us as well. It's free. It's free 99. I like to say that. Free 99. Oh, I like free 99. Don't you steal it. Uh, Okay, I was going to steal it. Don't do it. And so, yes, make sure you follow us and and give us comments. What do you think about this episode? What do you think about uh, what Pastor Hayslip did with Justin? What do you think about Dietrich versus Pastor Jay? All the above. So next, let's get into... Pastor Ryan Gibson, the gun-toting preacher. <laughs> so we start off with La, uh, Lady Lavette coming to talk to him when he's golfing. And he is, I'm sorry, Pastor Ron does the most. He is, like, so extra for me. He has a gun. He's over here playing playing golf. And I feel like his wife is the best balance for him because she is so sweet and she's so, like, demure. And she's so, like, she's so not extra like him. Mm-hmm. What do you think about him? He's interesting. Uh, he's interesting. But again, you have all of these mega pastors with very different perspectives, um, beliefs. Um, sometimes I call them man, uh, you know, man-made rules. They all come from different backgrounds, which which kind of formulates how they think on certain things. And so... <laughs> and on top of that, he's an OG. <laughs> right, like a for real. What so, was he, a crip? Yeah, he's a crip. <laughs> so I get him. I get him. I get why he feels why why he feels a certain way. Um, I get him. But I don't necessarily agree with everything, but I get him. Right. And you're just, you're destined for a bunch of disagreements when you have all of these men who have certain beliefs right. and they're all of a particular age. So they're not going to change. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so and I have to say that about, I feel like he was pastor, uh, uh Bishop Ron Gibson was very disrespectful when <laughs> Levette comes out there and discusses and says what happens, um, with, Loretta, but she says she doesn't speak ill of Loretta. If you notice how she speaks of her, she's just like, you know, I think she got the misunderstanding. I think she thought I said these things about her Mm -hmm. and that you said these things about her. And, you know, we didn't say those things. So I feel like Lady Levette was being really nice and kind. And then, of course, when she comes out there, you know what Ron does? He was like, who are you talking about, that girl? That was so rude. Again, he's of a particular age. Gonna, that it's okay to be like that to call a grown woman that girl, that was okay. No, it's not okay. But what I, <laughs> I, what I'm saying is that they're all set in their ways. Even uh, uh, Noel's uh, girlfriend, she's pretty sassy too. So it's like they all have their personalities, and they're not going to change. Is all I'm right, saying. Right, but okay. So and he was just to me. It was very chauvinistic. Mm-hmm. I really saw a lot of chauvinism coming from Pastor. I mean Bishop Ron Gibson this time. Be- I just and then I, I, how he addressed her with who that girl I basically do, that Jezebel I, he should have just said that but I do agree <laughs> with a lot of things that he says in regards to the relationship but okay, but we'll can get into that. but can we even back up the whole issue is when Bishop Noel Jones comes some uh, when he's um when he's reintroduced for uh for this season he wants 
you know, God put something put something on his heart to have some big religious organization in Los Angeles rather than him always having to go other places. Right. He wants to do something in L.A. and he wants all of them to be involved. Right. That's the problem. Why? That's the problem because they all are mega pastors. They all believe a certain way. What preacher, minister, pastor is not going to have a problem with someone who is who reaps the benefits of a first lady but is not married and want them to be involved like I can see where he's coming from this all the, this whole thing stems because he's not a, because Ron is not comfortable with um with no's girlfriend to be in charge of well guess what what he doesn't need to address Loretta for that. He needs to address Bishop Noel Jones for that. Period. And That's what, the biggest problem I have. This whole scene. No, made, but, but we're gonna talk about yeah, the okay, date. We're okay. gonna talk about the date. Right. We're gonna get in the date because it made my blood boil on both sides uh-huh. of this. Okay. So anyway, so of course. Oh, and I love the fact that you know, as um, Lady Lovett talks to him and t- t- expresses how she feels, she goes inside and he's like, mm-hmm. "Can you make me a hot dog?" And she's just like, mm-hmm. "No, I'm gonna make you a five course meal." Yeah, that was great. She's such a beautiful wifey. So you was happy. Were you happy or as a man? Or a first lady. Were you happy as a man to hear that? This woman was like, no, five course meal. I don't care. It's not my <laughs> wife. <laughs> so all you ladies out there that's trying to get at Bam, basically he's saying he doesn't care about food I'm, I'm getting a, fed. I'm a picky person, so. Lord, the, no. yeah, you just, you're going to be on, you're going to get a hot dog. Okay, so. Long as it's with a gluten-free bun, I don't care. <laughs> okay, so then, of course, we see this flip side of things. Loretta and Noel have a uh, conversation. And the one thing I don't like about him, he does not protect Loretta. That's how I know, and I agree exactly with what Bishop Ron says later, Noel Jones will never marry her. <laughs> he will never marry her. Amen. And he doesn't care about her like that. Let's be honest. Let's be all the way real. How many times have you ever been in a relationship where you were in love with somebody and you protected them? You don't let no other man talk disrespectfully to that woman. You don't let no other man. He's, you don't even say to her, you woman, have it out with this man. Yeah, he said, I want you to come down hard on Ron. Oh, my gosh. That's something a man is supposed to do. That's how I know he don't respect her. He don't really like her like that. <laughs> he doesn't. I totally agree with you. I don't believe that. See, this is this is my problem. I feel like I feel like uh, what's her name, Lady Lavette? Yeah. I feel like Lady Lavette because she's not getting what she wants. Hold she, on, Loretta. Hold wait, on. Wait, who's, Noelle's, Noelle's who, girlfriend, girlfriend is Loretta. Loretta. I feel like Loretta is not getting what she wants, so she has this whole defense mechanism, right? Um, you know, towards people because. She's not getting her. She's not getting what she, she doesn't want to look stupid, and she doesn't want to look stupid. Right. And for me, I feel she's she has to overcompensate for a lot of things, and so she's always you know on a on a twelve, right? Because she's defending, she's defending not only her but she's defending no because he's not really manning up to say whatever he say whatever it is he has to say, right. And that's exactly why this, that's why when I, when I saw that, when mm-hmm. he was just like, no, you come down hard on Ron, yeah. you know, and I was just like, yo, the, it, immediately I was like, he's never going to marry her. Mm-hmm. He will never marry her. Let me he just, doesn't care about her like that. Let me just say this. You need papers to keep a dog. You need, you need, you need papers to, you need a license to fish. It is what it is. You need papers, license. You have all of, all of those things to keep animals. If you are not, if you don't have papers on on the woman, I feel like you're treating her worse than you do an animal. Because if you have to, if you have to, if you need, if you have to have papers to keep a dog and you don't have papers on someone that you've been with for 16 years, then you're treating her worse than an animal. But on the flip of that, no has been very vocal on we are just friends. I'm not ready to be married. So if you lay it out on a line like that, what else does he need to say? He says he don't want to get married. He don't want to be. He said everything that needs to be said in, in regards to. No, what, not everything. But enough for you to. But but true. Enough However, for enough for her to not. 
she's she's sitting around waiting for something right. because but she, why is she sitting around waiting because he puts hope out there with his actions that he's going to change his mind that's the only reason no no no, no. On, trust I'm me when i tell you this but because after, if you have somebody hanging around with you playing pool with you coming over all the time you do businesses together you have all this th- that's the problem he wants the benefits of a wife without having a commitment of one that is his fault i agree no it's her fault because it's her fault because he says that he does not want to be married if you and I are in a 16, 17 year relationship and I keep saying, I don't want to be married. I don't want to be married. I want, I don't want to be married. Then you at some point need to stop being a chicken head and you need to leave my ass. Right. I agree with you there. A hundred percent. Her portion of this is that she is not listening to what this man is saying to her. Okay. She, she is holding on to some false hope. That is her problem. That is what she's done wrong. Mm-hmm. He's shown her repeatedly that he doesn't want to marry her. He's told her repeatedly, yet she's still there. She's holding on. So then how is he giving her false hopes? No, no, he's wrong because of his actions, because actions speak louder than words. The words that he said repeatedly for 17 years, which is, I don't want to marry you, his actions show totally different that he does. Because what happens when he gets lonely at night? What happens when he wants wait, just a, hold on, hold on, wait. What happens when he just wants female companionship? When he just wants a woman to come over and play pool, as they did in this episode. Okay, when, when you that's say, not fair because if you know somebody really likes you, Bam. If you know somebody really wants to be with you, even though you've said to them, "I don't want to be with you," you cannot give them false hope. You cannot be hanging out with them and putting it in their head that oh, this could potentially turn to something because but, that's what they're gonna think. But it appears. That they're not sexually role, uh, um. It appears, no. They're trying to tell, no, they won't even come out and say that. They, think about it. They, they won't come I, out and say we're not sexually active. They've never once come out and said that. They, they gave, say, well, we are just friends. You can be friends who've had sex. They, for <laughs> me at the table, they gave the illusion that, they were like, well, how do you know that we're having sex? Exactly. So if you're, if you're not having sex with somebody, why would that be something that you say? I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. No, don't give them the benefit of the doubt. Why not? Because they lying. They out here fornicating and need to be honest. (laughs) I'm just saying to play devil's advocate for 16, 17 years, if in fact he says, I don't want to marry you and you guys haven't had sex in 16, 17 years of your relationship, come on. Okay, that's fine. I agree with you. But you need to be honest with yourself because that didn't even sound, you know that didn't feel right coming out your mouth. Do you honestly believe that this man has had this close of a relationship with this woman for 17 years and has not once had sex with her? I don't really, <laughs> I don't really care. I don't know. Um, but I think that's the whole point. Yeah. It's because it's not, is it any of our business? No. Yeah. But as a man of God, you are preaching some a, some a set of principles to people. If you do not, you either you have two choices. You have to either follow those principles mm-hmm. that you're preaching to people, or if you for some reason cannot follow them, which is fine because no one is perfect. You have to be honest about that, and that I think is a problem because he will not be honest about it. If he's not having sex with her, he needs to say, "I am not having sex with this woman." Versus, we are truly friends. Versus saying it's none of your business because when you are a public figure, particularly in the ministry, right. You need to make sure that your congreg you have to be very open with your congregation because the more open that you are with your congregation, the more they're gonna be able to accept the flaws and and, and, and other things. So or else we look very hypocritical. Yeah. Which at this point he's looking very hypocritical. Mm-hmm. And all of that can be done away with if he's just honest and says, No, we don't have sex. But guess what? They probably do. That's why I haven't said anything. Because then they would be not only fornicating, but they would also be lying about the fornication. Are we going to, are we back, are we at the, the, the dinner yet? Yes. Okay. So we just so, got to the dinner. Let's just say that. Yes. So, of course, now we see the conversation that both couples have had. And now Ron is like, you know, let's just squash this. There's been some, some miscommunication. Let's go ahead and have this double date dinner. So they come to this dinner. And the first thing that Ron finds out is that, um, Loretta has been doing this kind of liaison stuff for uh, 20 years. for Noel for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, cool. That qualifies you to do this job. And she's like, okay, are we done then? Are we good? Do you have any more issues? And he's like, well, actually, I do. I have an issue with you and Tim being in this relationship, and we're going to do work together, and you're not married. Do you agree with Pastor Gibson about that? It's not whether if I agree or not. It's the whole same notion of... When you get a particular age, men are, certain, certain, certain things are not going to change. Just as you have some men who 
who still to this no, day. No, no, I'm not 2000- saying. About, but I'm saying about do you agree? Do you personally agree with what he's saying is correct? Which is you should not. I cannot work with you guys if you two are going to be in a 17 year relationship that is not a marriage. I will. It's not whether I agree or disagree. It's his stance on you know his ministry is affected. Right. On this. So I guess I will agree with him because that's what he believes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think no knew this. <laughs> and so I understand that you're trying to get, he's trying to get him because, you know, he's a gangbanger and he's trying to, but they all have their beliefs and you, I don't think anything's going to change. So if he feels this way, he feels this way. And either you get on board or you get off board and stop all this cattiness. Right. And then be done. But for the sake of, but for the sake of TV, um, I say he's right. You say he's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I do. I do believe that there is some truth what with what <laughs> with what Ron is saying to Noel Jones. And again, I have he. It was so funny because if you're not a churchy person, you're not going to get this. But he was like, "Listen to the prophet. Listen to the prophet." And what Ron is saying to Loretta is, "Yo, this man is not going to marry you." And I had I felt so bad for her because I was like, yo, this man is really telling her the truth. But can I say this? When when um when she was uh when she was talking about the relationship versus the qualification and um he need and when Ron was saying that he needed to know the status of the relationship because it affects, you know, his 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 ministry, jo- Noel Jones said, We're friends. Which the, is true, they're friends. But the look on her face every time he says something like that in public. You can totally feel the, oh, like she has a moment to herself where she feels embarrassed. Of course. she, And that's exactly why she's always defensive. Mm-hmm. Because she's embarrassed. How embarrassing is it that you're with this man and you're like hoping that he's going to marry you and he's never going to marry you. And the fact that somebody's calling that out. You don't want to be exposed to to people. You don't want, you know what I'm saying? That's a very exposed and naked feeling for people to see your hurt and your vulnerability about this situation, which the truth is you, you're hurt. You don't want this man to not marry you. You want him to marry you and you want to be with him because you, I think she really does love him. Yeah. And so it hurts her every time somebody reminds her that this is not going to happen for me. But you have to deal with it. Right. Exactly. You got to deal with it. And I feel like it, it. the Gibsons are not wrong in the sense where, as Christian people, that's what you're, you're supposed to push people to the side. You're supposed to say, hey, you're not doing something right. And, like, I feel like they've done that. Now, has Ron been a little more into their business? Yes. I think he probably should explain a little more clearly but what he's I, doing. But I also think it's one of those things where if I'm on 10, then the other person has to be on 10 because that's just the way it goes. The way she was coming at him. Right. He had no choice but to, you know, upper one and say, you know, that's why that's why he, he's not going to marry you. And then, he, and then he was like, listen to the prophet. Yeah, like, he don't, oh. uh, don't want to hear the Bible. You want to you want to hear the you want to hear the babble. I don't have no babble for you. I His little his little uh, what you call it? Alliterations and his metaphors and similes be killing me. They're so funny. But I mean. Again, this whole si- I'm sitting here watching this situation, and I'm like, "Yo, Bishop Noel Jones is never gonna marry you because this man sat back and was like, I'm gonna let this man attack you.' He said to Loretta, "You are you trying to control him like a Jezebel?" Mm-hmm. Never once did Bishop. <laughs> That's such an old school term, right? You Jezebel, and he- Bishop Noel Jones just sits there. And if you really, as a man, if you really love a woman, you would never let somebody disrespect your woman like that. He disrespected her so many times, even though it was truth, let's be honest. Yeah. But he never once stepped in and said, yo, calm your voice down. This is the woman that didn't I love. Say a he peep. didn't say anything. Nothing. That's why I was like, oh. He was as quiet as his even, even when, Even still, when, when Ron said to her, he will never marry you, Bishop Noel Jones is like, looking like Beyonce on the elevator with Solange and Jay-Z. Didn't do a thing. And for me, we... In the streets, we would call him a punk. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in all fairness, Loretta said that he does not like confrontation. I understand that you don't like confrontation, but when you are with the other fellas, there's arguments and things, and you and you voice right. your opinion. So, how was it that you can voice your opinion with the whole thing with Ron have a gun? You remember the whole conversation right, right. that they had that Clarence didn't show up to. He had an opinion. For, he had an opinion. 
So why can't he express his opinion when it's his girlfriend of who he's been with for 16, 17 years? Because it's not his girlfriend. It's his friend. Yeah, it's his friend. (laughs) And so here's the whole situation. Look, I feel like, you know, I feel like Ron Gibson is doing what he's supposed to be doing as far as calling his brother Mm -hmm. out and saying, you should not be doing this. Uh, However, I do feel he's wrong. He should not be addressing. um, He shouldn't be addressing Loretta like that because as a woman, it's a little bit different because she's like, this is coming from a place of hurt for Mm -hmm. her. And he's not sensitive to that at At all. all. He's just like, you Jezebel, you trying to take this man down. You, when actual in, in all actuality, it's really the other way around because Bishop Noel Jones has not been he's although he's been truthful with his words, he's not been truthful with his actions towards her. Yeah. If you don't want to marry this woman, you sh- you cannot have sex with her. Well, that part, it, I think, is is where the message gets mixed up. at. Mm-hmm. Well, Bishop Braun has expressed his concerns to Noel personally. And then when they were on this double date, he expressed it in general because because um, what's Noel's girlfriend's name again? Loretta. Because Loretta asked. Right. The conversation could have went a whole different way if Noel would have then took control once right. she started to turn up a little bit. If he would have taken control of the situation. It's just a mess. I don't, it's, That's it's what I'm a saying. Cause it's, a, it's, a, it's just a man who doesn't want to be with a woman. That's supposed to be real. He doesn't yeah. want to marry her. He doesn't want the commitment to her. He's shown her that time and time again. And I felt sorry for Ron's wife because... She was put into a situation where she didn't even know what was going on, and she was attacked by by Noel's uh, girlfriend. Right. And then she's sitting there, like the supportive wife, just like Lord, I don't know what to do. And she's just sitting there. <laughs> she's sitting there like a supportive wife, and Bishop Jones is sitting there like a supportive wife too, because he didn't say nothing. <laughs> he didn't say nothing, not a peep. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I was thinking about when I was watching this scene. I was like, "Yo, him and Lavette, Lady Lavette, are like the same right now. They just sit yeah. there like." Mm. And then even know the way he was slouching, everything about everything about that situation was just not. It's good. just backwards. Yeah. It's just backwards. And so, for, for me, yeah. Look. Now, now, do you think? Do you think that Lavette should be attending all of the things? Loretta, you mean? I'm sorry, Loretta. Um, do you feel that knows girlfriend, friend, friend girl? should be attending all of these first lady type events? No, not at all. No, not at all. Because I think that also is hurtful for her. Mm Because these women are, they're a part of an exclusive club. Yeah. Which only they can truly understand what it's like to be, you know, wives of these men. Loretta's not a part of that club. Yeah. So to have her around there is a is a double punch in the face every single time. Because you see something that these women have that you want and you will never get. Mm -hmm. That hurts. I don't think she should be allowed to go to these things. I don't either. Uh, do you think Bishop Ron should, at the very end of this, he said he did not want to be a part and help them if they were going to continue to have this relation, if Loretta and Noel were going to continue to have a relationship as it's been going on. Do you agree with the fact that Bishop Ron was like, I'm not doing this? Yes. You have to stand for what you believe, just as myself. Um, if I know that um, a minister does not acknowledge women preachers, I won't go to his church. So you have, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And he has the word to back up why he feels the way he feels. Right. So how can I not disagree with him? Right. What do you think? Oh, I agree with you. I agree with that too. I feel like, you know, if, especially again, it's really simple. Are you having sex with this woman? (laughs) If you, you got to be honest about it. And the Bible does tell you, and I I don't have the verse here, but the Bible does tell you, you know, if you pull your brother to the side and you tell him about what he's doing wrong, Mm -hmm. that's sinful. You talk to him about his sin. And if he, if he acknowledges it, then Mm -hmm. he's good. Like you good. We can, we can start from a place of your acknowledgement of your sin. But if he denies it, the Bible does tell you, you have to go back with two or three people. And you have to now talk to him with two or three people. And if he doesn't acknowledge it, then then you have to go back and you have to tell the entire congregation. But not, and if on, but not on camera. And see, this is where the problem's coming from. Right. True. Yeah. True. But what I'm saying is, so the Bible tells you have to you have to expose the sin. If you mm-hmm. hide it, which is essentially what they're doing by saying we're just friends, mm-hmm. then you can never you can never correct what you hide. That's right. So that's why I'm saying, okay. He, Bishop Ron's doing what he's supposed to do. And so if that means he just cannot work with him, I get why he's doing that. Is that extreme? Yes, but I get why he has to do that. Now, is he wrong for carrying a gun with him? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think it's because where he comes from. 
now. I don't feel like hopefully he doesn't ever have to use it and shoot somebody. But I think uh, for him to reach the group of men that he's reaching, I think he has the right mindset for that. Because you can't come. I can't reach those men <laughs> on the street. They're they not going to listen to me. But they're going to listen to a man who's carrying a gun because that man understands what they feel like they understand, which is why they have to carry a gun as well. Okay. Is that right? Are people going to disagree? Of course. But is he going to reach some souls with his gun toting? Absolutely. So go ahead and tote your gun. All right, all right, all right. Well, let's go ahead and let's talk about predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay, so we see a few things going to happen next week. What do you think is upcoming for the Preachers of L.A.? doesn't have to be for next week, but in the future. We're going to see more of the Justin story. Okay. Uh, with um, with Jay, we didn't see the other two preachers often. Um, we didn't see Clarence. <laughs> we never see Bishop McClendon. Why is he on this show again? Two weeks in a row. Why is he on the show? Why is he a part of the show? I'm gonna leave my opinion out of that. No, one. go ahead and say why is he on the show? If he's not going to be physically on the show, why is he a part of the show? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you do know. What's your opinion? Uh, you know, I, it's good that he's not on. It's, let him do what he got to do. Well, then he needs to get off the show. Let's just get it, write him off the show. Let's take his picture off him and his first lady. Let's get off the show. Well, we saw him saying that his schedule was was too hectic because he preached thirteen sermons in one week. That's fine. They can show him. They can show him preaching a sermon. Yeah. He no, because uh, he got to come home sometime. Yeah. It seems like the focus. I hate to say it. It seems like the focus is more gossipy it, it seems like the the focus is on you know uh Noel's relationship um Dietrich and Jay so you can already see where things are being planted right. I haven't seen anything much from um from the other two preachers so uh, I just uh, Pastor I, Wayne Cheney yeah, as well I hope it's not a I just hope it's not this big gossipy type thing where we gotta go on go into this for the rest of the season. I hope there's more to come. Right. And we also see it in for next week um, that uh, Bishop Noel Jones is going to New Orleans because a preacher got shot. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Yes. So we'll see more about that. Um, and, you know, uh, unfortunately, stuff like that does happen. Right. You That's know. very sad. So, yeah, we'll see what it's like next week. And until then, where can people find you, Bam? You can find me on all social media at Bam Erickson. And as always, you can find me, Megan Thomas, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Meg Scoop, like scoop of ice cream. And don't forget to check out my web series, Colored People. Just search for Colored People TV on YouTube, and you'll see it. Until next week, praise the Lord, Saints. See ya. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 